Hello and welcome to the debug log number 112. Today, uh, this is weird, first off, um, this is my first video intro. Um, <laughs> we are going to uh, talk about getting started in game development, specifically in 2021. We did this, I mean, almost in our first few episodes, um, but things that, that was six, five, six years ago at this point. Um, so we thought we'd do an update and label this as 2021 because we might start doing this as a yearly thing. And to start off the conversation, we also go and revisit our origin stories, which we talked about probably in the first couple of episodes too. But in this context, it's really interesting because we talk about how we got started and that sort of moves into how different the landscape is now and what we would do specifically if we were getting into it today. So it's a fun conversation. I actually learned stuff about Ryan and Vina that I actually didn't know before because I guess we didn't get into that much depth before when we talked about it in our early episodes but so it's really cool really interesting and especially if you're getting interested in game development and you're just like looking you know this is a great place to start new year sort of new year it's a great place to start 2021 game development eat it up all right so without further ado this is the debug log number episode 112. Welcome to the Debug Log. My name's Andrew Curry. I'm Albino Opara. And I'm Ryan Kilgore. And we're here. Keeping a pretty good schedule. Almost two a month. Keep going. Checking in. <laughs> this was a stretch, though, but yeah. we got there. Um, and this is a big show, too, because this might be... You might be a new listener on this show, because we have an event that came and went with Unity. It's coming up. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit at the end, right, Albino? So stay tuned yes, for that. Um but if you are a new listener or if you're an old listener, we're at 112 episodes at this point. So we thought it'd be a good idea to actually take a step back because <laughs> when we started the show, it was 2015. So it's almost six years ago. Um, and since then, one, our stories have sort of changed. We haven't really gone over our stories again and reintroduced ourselves to all the new listeners we had in the meantime. But also just from a game developer standpoint listening to this that which benefits you is that we haven't gone over what would we do if we started game development now i mean we just got done writing our bios and each of us has like we've been messing around at least for 15 years each of us even just messing around with games and stuff um so that's 2005 it's like a big difference between now and then what we could do i mean there's sites have gone and come in that amount of time so we thought it'd be a good idea to actually just go over if we were, you know, getting out of college or whatever we were, I mean, the thing about game dev, you could be, you know, 50 years old, 50 years old and starting this today, you know? Right. Um, and it's, it's, I would argue when we get to that, it might be one of the best times to do it because there's just so many resources, but what we, what would we do um, in 2021 and on for now? So this is like our kind of, we probably should have done this around episode 100, but we're close enough. So maybe we do this every 100 episodes. We check in where we are in time and where we are in our lives and see, um, how do we get started and, you know, just where we are. So, all right. So, I guess, well, we'll and I guess we'll go into the origin. Do you want to go into origin stories first? Sure. Or that might be less, um, you know what I mean? Let's start with the past first. Maybe it might be more contextually <laughs> building. Yeah. All right. Let's start with Ryan. Ryan, how about you start? Oh, going way back in the way back machine. Yeah. I think I, I messed up completely. What? Say what? You did what? I think episode 100, you asked me, like, hey, let's talk about the origin stories. I think when Eduardo was back, and I remember just flubbing that 
completely. So, well, yeah, oh, it didn't right. make any sense because they were just on a special <laughs> guest. So it's like, well, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But yeah. All right, Ryan. Let's All right, origin story. Yeah. So. Let's start with Ryan because he's so old. That's right. He's yeah. only three years. Again, everybody's coming. He's only three years older than me. So yeah. that's, it's funny to yeah, say. Yeah, don't let the beard like, fool you. It's only three yeah. years, I swear. <laughs> um, yeah, so origin story. This goes back a little ways. I, I guess I'll go back to when I first got into computers because it's you know kind of these kind of these small steps that kind of just accelerated really quick and led into game development. But started on uh, like learning to use a computer back before they had hard drives when you're loading the OS, you know, into 64K of memory with a, what is it, a five, was it a five and a half or five and a quarter? I always forget. But, you know, load that, you load your OS in, then you'd load whatever program you wanted then. So I started learning how to use a computer way back then. But, um, you know, it wasn't really, I didn't really start thinking about game development until I got like a, I think it was a 486 gateway computer. And, um, I just happened to, you know, I love playing games on that thing. That's the main reason I learned how to use a computer is so I could play the games on the computer. So it's you know, kind of one of those things. Um, and I remember being at a Babbage's one day and um, just, just I forget if I was even buying anything, probably just wandering around, like just looking at stuff. And I, this is back in the days of shareware. Um, and I saw the Doom shareware just sitting there on the counter. I didn't even know what Doom was at the time. I was so disconnected from like a gaming media because, I mean, you'd have to get on BBSs and, you know, you'd have to dig for news on this type of stuff. What sometimes. year was this? Oh, oh God! Um, Forty-six <laughs> computer. Ah, I mean, it's gonna be in the like, early nineties. I mean, I was yeah. like, this is like pre-high school, so okay. yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, and by the way, for those who don't know, shareware is basically they would they would distribute the like the three and a half or three and a quarter diskettes. You're gonna know, forget what the size is, um, and it would basically give you like the first third of a game for free. At least Doom, it was like the first third of that game completely free, and that was kind of your little like sample or taste of the game. And then you would say mail them, you know, I forget what it was, 30, 40 bucks, and then you would get the rest of the game. So that was kind of the way, you know, like now it's more of a freemium model where you get it all for free, then you pay for your little tidbits. This was like, hey, we'll just give you a chunk of the game free, see if you like it, and then have at it. Anyway, I took that game home and loaded it up and was just blown away. I mean, the stuff I'd seen before, like graphically and immersion-wise, just didn't compare. And I like I didn't even like I didn't even realize that type of thing was possible to do on a computer. So that's really what accelerated it. It was like, oh my God, I want to know how to do that. This is so cool. And you know, from there it was okay, well, how do I do that? And it was programming. And you know, my dad said, Yeah, you know, computer programmers know how to do that stuff. And that was that was basically when it took off is in high school. I started, you know, taking computer AP computer science courses and um you know, that led into going to university for uh, computer science. And then I got out in the dot-com bust and there was absolutely nothing available. So mm-hmm. basically went back to, after doing just temp jobs for a while, went back to school at uh, one of the, uh, what do you call them? Like Art Institute, the, you know, the pay, uh, really expensive universities, I guess. Um, and I was going to get a video and game des- uh, design degree from there, but I got an internship and uh, actually uh, did well there. And they offered me a job. Sorry, my camera's going out. Like, I'm trying to like get it to hey, Anyway, so I got I got an internship and it went really well. And I said, hey, instead of you know actually paying people to tell me how to do this stuff, why don't I just get paid to like, learn on the job? So they offered me the job and I dropped out and said, okay, I, you know, racked up a bunch of student debt and I was like, all right, well now I can actually start earning money to pay that off. Uh, so yeah, and I was working at a company here in town on a MMO, on a C++ proprietary game engine. Um, you know, that lasted for, you know, maybe, I think about almost six years. And then I went to uh, Cartoon Network, worked on games, Unity multiplayer games in the browser back then, uh, which was really cool. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I mean, it just it just kind of accelerated from there. So ever, ever since then, that's been back in the like mid-2000s when I got that first game job. And then from there, just, you know, sort of been 
exploring all sorts of 3D multiplayer games and just messing around with stuff since then. And then I ran into these guys at VBI, and um, yeah, that's where the debug logs started to take off. So um, yeah, word, word. that was that was my background. So I guess I'll talk to you guys. Yeah. Quick question before you, yeah. before you swap over, I guess, to someone. <laughs> I think I it's having the trouble. Yeah. It's like when you're doing a, you're telling a flashback. It's like going blurry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's like can't my camera's falling asleep. Turn to like, oh. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, Abina? I was saying I can't decide between you or your cat. That's what's probably. It's just like oh, I can't right. focus on one of them. <laughs> I was gonna say before we go to one of us is um, it seems like you had a kind of an interesting intro into game development like professionally uh doing games is that you kind of like just jumped in like doing an mmo as your like first main job yeah i feel like that's atypical from a lot of game developers uh is that they kind of do things before that and then they get into games what what do you think was the case or now it's cleared up like how you got into games kind of immediately do you think anything propelled you into that position or what um, I think it was just pure tenacity, and it sounds well. It sounds like it's right away, but remember, I did come out of school in like mm-hmm. 2002, and I was trying then, and I couldn't. I just I couldn't get a job either. I had to you know move to the West Coast, but even then, I, I still wasn't getting. I'd sent out you know um, resumes or applications, and I just wasn't getting accepted. So I mean, yeah, that second try, it was like, oh, I was in school, and then I get an internship, and all of a sudden I've got a job. But that was after. You know, years of working temp jobs, just saying, well, what am I going to do? Because there's no, I mean, again, dot com bus, there really weren't any, a lot of programming jobs. It went from like feast to famine. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, there was just a period there. I was living at home with my parents and, um, you know, again, just working here and there until finally I said, well, I got to try something. So that's when I went to Art Institute again, the internship. So, but yeah, like even from the internship, you know, I just happened to get lucky to make friends with one of the co-founders of this company because he was helping us out. We were using their tools, I should say. I mentioned that point is they had built up, they had some platform tools to create games. And so we were using that at school to like in a class to do that. And, you know, we were also kind of feeding it back into their 3D world. So, um, you know, one day we were giving this presentation. He was just seeing me sort of rig these assets and getting things going in the world real fast. And that's when he offered me the job. But again, sorry, getting a little off track there. But um, yeah, it, it, there, there was a spell there where I just it wasn't going anywhere for me. So, yeah, it just keep going. Eventually, you'll get that you know hit or eventually something will happen for you. You just got to keep doing it, because if you don't keep doing it, yeah, then it's guaranteed to fail. But, you know, if you keep trying, then it may have it may eventually happen. So, right. Gotcha. But did you? Or here's another question. I like interrogating. <laughs> did <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah. Did you actually go into it? Like, um, you said, did you go into those computer classes and then the college saying I want to be a game developer or just programmer? Game developer. Um, okay. I, you know, so I feel like talking to other people a lot of the times. I don't know. Well, in generally speaking, talking to other people a lot of times, I had a sort of an odd path through school and that I knew exactly what I wanted to do like in middle school and then that just that didn't waver much like you know maybe here or there but yeah it was like okay I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a computer programmer and I want to make games like it was a big games then I knew computer programming would get me there and then once I started to get a taste for programming I'm like oh yeah I definitely want to do that and hopefully I can do it in games um because like my sister go ahead I was gonna say tied to that did you ever say like did it ever say I want to make games? And here, did you ever work on other project, like indie projects or something before that, or just say because some people always your goal, like a lot of people, and it's fine. It's like I want to work at a company making games. That's different, right. you know. I actually, I definitely wanted to work at a company. That was kind of right. a goal for me. Right. It's like work at a name, that type of thing. Right. But I, I, well, here's a, here's another thing from my background, also to learn, and we can get into maybe some more of this later when we're 
talking about you know some avenues to learn but I would do a lot of modding with like Quake, Quake 2, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I started going on like, you know, when you'd finally get online easy and go to these forums, say, oh, like, how do I build a map for Quake 2? Oh, how do I like maybe rewrite the DLL to make the guns right. function differently and things like that? And so that was, and like, you know, back then you couldn't really, you didn't have Unities or Unreal Engines. Well, you had Unreal Engine, but it wasn't free, that's for right. sure. You'd have to pay mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I forget how many hundreds of thousands of dollars it was to get a license for one of those engines. So your your, your best avenue was to say like, hey, go tinker with an existing game, like mm -hmm. you know, build maps, you know, rewrite some scripts to make it do something a little different. Um, yeah, but that that's something I definitely got into because that also helped me kind of see how these things are built, right? You can mm -hmm. kind of sort of pop the hood on them a little bit and say, like, oh, if I was going to make a game, here's kind of maybe the structure of some right. of the things. Um, yeah, so it, it was definitely, well, to answer your question, yeah, I was definitely had my eye on, like, you know, going to some place like Irrational Games or something right. like that. And But in, in my spare time, I just I just picked up stuff like, well, if I, if I can't do it professionally, I'm definitely still going to do it. So, right. yeah. Right. I mean, it's good. I just want to make that distinction because it's a good, especially younger people listen to this because it's like a lot of times when we tell our stories, it sounds like, yeah, I just got in these games. And it's like, but it's very intentional. One, it's intentional mm -hmm. that you wanted to do that. But two, there's different goals in that too, right? Like you said, it's like there's a goal of saying, hey, I want to just, I'm going for the big dogs. Like, I really want to do that. And, you know, and some people are separate. Like, I'm just interested in games, which might be toward more my end too. But like, we'll see, we'll talk about it. But like, there's a distinction and distinction of, it's also good to reset that because what we're always talking about is set your goal. What is your goal in this? Like, what are you trying to get? You know, it's not just, it's good to kind of make it even specific what you're trying to do, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. No, def definitely have those goals. And I mean, another one of mine was too, is like, you know, just, just seeing the level that somebody like John Carmack could program at and make yeah. these things. It's like having, also having somebody to look to like that and follow right. and be like, oh my God, this person's just such a master at their craft, you know? I was, I was like, I want to be as good as that guy. I'm never getting there. But I've, I've come to accept that in my life. I'm never getting as good as him. But it's still awesome to just see what he's up to and like well, say, what is he doing? Yeah, and he's also, I mean, not even get off on the tangent of this, but he's also really good at um, inspirational for a person that like we spend all this time learning, like you're learning programming and other all the other parts of it and art and all these other things and games. And it's like, I want to, you're learning how to be a craftsman, but sometimes success means like you get to a company and then you go up and then you're not doing that stuff anymore. You're doing like overseeing, not in the same way. That's why companies like Irrational were interesting. That's why companies like that, um, like it were interesting because he was like making the engine. He was the CEO and making the engine right, at the same yeah. time. Or like at Irrational, they had, um, what's his name? Levine. Levine. Levine yeah. yeah make, he was the creative director. He's the CEO, but he was also writing the story and stuff too. Those are, those are my inspirations mm -hmm. for that stuff because, like, it'd be fun to get to the top, but you don't want to just be doing payroll when you get to the top, you right? Yeah, they'll be using the skills. You know, just need more resources. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you want to keep that fun factor and the thing that sort of kept you going and motivated, and yeah. inspired you. You know, you don't. I mean, like, yeah, just work at a normal office if you're just going to do payroll all day. Like, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you can be any manager at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, managers are prolific. You can do that anywhere. All right, you want me to go? Or you want to go with me now? Uh. <laughs> Sure, I can go. Um, that matter to so, me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So where did mine start? I go. I think mine was early, early middle school, if that, maybe even younger, is when I started getting into the games, or I think just computers in general. We had like a Sony Vile desktop that 
had nothing on it but like Minesweeper and and Solitaire and stuff like that. And no, Bean is twenty years older than the rest of us. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks. It doesn't. You can't tell. But it, no, you can see the time gap here. I was like, no hard drives. Like I was on a Sony computer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that was the first computer we ever had, and. Uh, I think I played like Ski Free and it was very interesting, but nothing inspiring at all. Um, but I think the first time I got inspired, which was, it's, I think it's always an interesting story to tell is that my inspiration into games was, had nothing to do with graphics, nothing to do with like high end computing, I guess. It was all text based MUDs, um, which became a, a pretty big thing in, at, at the time though. So that's what got me started. I can't remember what MUD, I think it was. A, a mud called uh, Dragon Realms was maybe the first, and then Gemstone. There's like a whole bunch of uh, muds, uh, text-based games based around, uh, or ba- made from this company called Simitronics. Um, so that's what kind of got me started, and I started just enjoying like having this. And I used to read a lot. We used to go to the light. I think that's kind of a, a key distinction for my entry point as well, is because I used to read a lot. I used to go to the library all the time. Uh, so text was like a new like storytelling and text through mm-hmm. through text was a, a good kind of a big entry point for me um so i would play a lot of those games and then i i don't know what it is it was like i was working i found like a mud based off dragon realms i <laughs> know not dragon Realms, but uh dragon ball z and i was like oh this is interesting <laughs> so i checked out this this mud on based on dragon ball z and it was just another interesting way to like getting to the lore and then I think at that point is when I was like, okay, I want to make, I feel like I can make a better version of this. So I was like, I started looking around, I was like, what does it take to make a game like this, this text-based game? And I found this thing called Circle Mud or, or Circle uh, MU, I think is the name of like the open source in like um, framework for creating these text-based games. So a couple of, a lot of games at the time were based around Circle Mud and Deku Mud. There are a couple of different uh, frameworks. So I picked up Turkle Mud, which is like an open source. So I could, I just started like playing around with it, learning different things, how to write, you know, create new areas, build characters, build NPCs. So I started learning that in C and it was mainly C at the time. So it was just interesting. That's what really got me into programming. It was like, and I could do this like on my own, just learning about Circle Mud, what it takes to do small things, like add a new description to a room. Are you in middle school at this point? I think yeah, I, was, I was still in middle school at this time. Um, oh, wow. That's, C yes. was your first language then. I know. It was crazy. Nice. But, <laughs> but it was like very basic. I didn't have to do, I wasn't writing like complex functions. It was like adding a weapon to an NPC or something like that. So it was really small things that already had the framework. And the good thing is this, this Circle Mud had framework. It was like already a built framework with NPCs already created. So really it was just reading through code, kind of understanding what it meant, and then adding a small piece to it. So that's what got me started. However... It was not like an aspiration to become a game developer, which was interesting. It was like something that I enjoyed doing on the side. Um, so when I went to school, I went to school initially for like biology, pre-med, that whole track with all other Nigerians and, you know, people who are international <laughs> students go into. Um, but then after OCHEM, like every other, like most people's stories after OCHEM, I was like, okay, no, I'm not doing yeah. science. I'm not doing medical school. And I swept the other side and did law school. Uh, pre-law and then political science. You'd be a good lawyer, uh, I think, too. Oh, thank you. I'm you're very. Convincing. I mean, no, you're, I mean, you're very detail-oriented <laughs> and stuff. I think you would be the thing. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's what my mom thought, and that's what she was pushing. Eventually, <laughs> I was like, no, 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 because I talked to my our advisor at the time, and she was like, you know, you don't have to do political science, international affairs, to be to do pre-law. You could do anything you want to do, and I think that's actually better if you do something that you're interested in, and it right. actually can add to your value as a lawyer. So I went to switch to computer science at that point, and then. 
I really, really fell in love with those classes. Uh, I've always like had interest in it, but I never like saw it as my career. Mm-hmm. So I got into it, uh, got into computer science, did really well, and eventually finished a computer science degree, did pre-law, took the LSAT, applied to law school, got accepted to a law school. But I didn't then, know you went that far. Yeah, oh, I went wow, really yeah. far. Yeah. yeah, after school, I went really far. And then after that, I had a conversation with my brother, and he was like, you know, you're going to go into debt you know, going to law school, you know, you're going to incur a lot of debt going to law school. And we were, I also did research about like comparing salaries between the two. This is a lot of detail for my background, but comparing the salaries was like computer science, you know, engineer at the time, which wasn't, you know, this is after the dot-com bust um, versus um, doing law school. And it just made sense. We're like, you know, it's kind of comparable salaries depending on where you are in each field. So I could just do something that I really, really enjoy instead of doing something like reading papers and convicting people or whatever I was going to do <laughs> in law school. Uh, so I, I decided not do law school and just started applying to jobs. Um, for my, I think, again, I, I wasn't even interested in like doing strictly games. So I, I was just looking for any computer ga- uh, uh, engineering job, which was just like a lot of web. Right? Yeah. yeah, I was just like programming. So a lot of it was like web-based engineering or mm-hmm. programming jobs. So those were the first ones that I applied to. I found one that was doing Python or no PHP uh, websites. Uh, so I applied there. It was like an industrial. It was the worst. Like I was there for a week, and then I found another job, and I was like, okay, I gotta go. Oh this wow! Is, yeah, it was terrible. But it had to. You mind saying what was so bad? Was it just boring, or the people? It just was super boring. It, it was like indu- I can't remember what they were doing. It was like, I don't know. It was just really terrible. The website was terrible. PHP was terrible. I hated web development. So then I went to the other side of, of a piece of web development, which is like back-end databases. So I went to a database company doing FileMaker, uh, FileMaker Pro, for those who know, which is Apple subsidiary. Um, they're st- I'm pretty sure they're still around. Yeah, they're still around. So the FileMaker databases doing like, again, not game-related engineering but it was a way that i really grew as an engineer because i had a great mentor there who was the ceo of the company uh, who really kind of walked me and made me become a better programmer and just how i saw code Um, so my one piece of advice is definitely get a mentor uh in this process i think that's across any field you're in but especially in engineering like ryan has like his idol or this person that influenced him uh having the same as in like a mentor form just whatever field you're in is really, really, really important and can really kind of um, Absolutely. Yeah. elevate your, your game. So mm-hmm. that was really good. And then eventually, at this time, I was working on a personal project. Oh, I kind of skipped over this big, big piece. is just the Simitronics kind of correlation uh, from the text-based game. Simitronics also created a game engine called... Um, oof, I actually forgot. Hero Engine. It's called Hero Engine. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So I was working on my own game with a couple of people in hero engine and that was like me getting into like the graphics side the mmo side mm-hmm. of doing things like also mmos are a big thing so everyone was like i gotta yeah. make an mmo <laughs> so <laughs> i started making an mmo silly Everybody silly now. me yeah. Yeah, yeah um but it was a good introduction to games and other pieces of games outside of just working on functions and code um and then eventually you know Started doing Unity as another, because Hero Engine was not really sufficient outside of MMOs. Um, learning a different engine was kind of a, a key piece for me. So I learned, started learning Unity. Eventually got a job at doing Unity games uh, at VBI. And that kind of like sparked the whole TDL uh, montage, I guess. So yeah, that's a lot. But yeah, that's kind of kind of my 
transition into games. Again, I didn't go in wanting to be a game developer, but I always was doing game things on the side just to like advance my skills. All right. Yeah, I had no like like Andrew said, I had no idea that you were like so far afield from programming in the start, just like mm. in the lawyer space. Right. And that's awesome yeah, that you, you could redirect like that. Hmm? <laughs> and passed it and then got into law school or whatever. That's pretty cool. Right. My mom said, when she once said I could be a lawyer just because I argued with her all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And then Alex is 10 years old. I was like, yep. You know me. I'd be like, wait a second. Okay, I see what you're saying there. Right. You definitely could have been a lawyer. (laughs) Um, All right. I guess I'll tell my story. Um, I guess it's the same thing. I think it's funny. I'm listening to your story, Robina, too. I think this isn't a pejorative, Ryan. I think you have a more traditional, like, I really love games so much and I really want to try this. And like, I mean, out of all of us too, you're the one that plays the most. Like I try to play a lot <laughs> and, and Mabina much. does, but you're very, no, I'm not saying that's yeah. a waste of time. I'm saying no, I, I, Zach's yeah. like that. People remember Zach, that you're very traditional. Like playing games is one of your favorite things that you love it so much. And to me, it actually isn't my favorite thing to do on the road. I'd actually much rather kind of watch movies. Like if like I always compare to talk about Zach with it. So there's like a new movie that I'm really looking forward to or new something. It's really movies or thing, or new like the new game that you're writing. I'd probably watch. I don't know. There's probably there's some things I'd do before I play a game. Um, but I think we like making games more than anything else. So it's like a weird. We found it in a circumspect way. And with you, Ryan, it's like, yeah, that's what I really want to do. It. I envy you because you knew you kind of know exactly what you want to do, and that's why you have so much of a like experience right in the beginning. Right. Um. I feel like I was maybe way more circumspect, a little bit like being a two, because it's like I would. Yeah, growing up, my parents weren't nerds or anything. Like, we didn't never. My first computer I had, I was like 19 years old or 18 years old. We didn't have, I didn't have a computer in the house, you know. Um, my parents didn't even show me Star Wars. I mean, I know this is like, but I'm just trying to give context. No. Like, my parents and my dad so calls those things like space movies. So, like, my parents were into art. Like, my dad's a photographer. My mom was like an art teacher and she wanted to be like a behavior teacher, but like, so I'd like a more of a cultural background, but not anything approaching nerdy stuff. But when I was a kid, I got a Nintendo and I was like, I was telling Zach about this last week. It's like, even though I like some of those other things better, I can't remember the first movie that I watched. I can't remember any of that stuff. I can remember the moment that I started playing mm-hmm. a video game, which mm-hmm. is Mario. We rented the NES before we ever bought it for like a year, you know? Right, right. I remember being Luigi, the second player, and getting, <laughs> she's like, all right. And my sister's like, well, she's six years older than me. She's like, all right, you go now. And I was like, what is this? And I remember holding it and like it going. And I was like, and I just kept running into the Goomba, just kept running into me. She's like, no, you have to move and jump. I was like, what? I was like, you mean I can, like to me in my head, it shows, I was like five years old. I was like, I can control this cartoon. Like I was really like, this cartoon. it really was a moment of <laughs> mind blowing thought, yeah. for right. me. It really was. I was like, it's on my TV at my house. I think I maybe played arcade game, but this is different. It was like so clear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't believe I do this. And then after that, we got an NES, and I became fascinated with it. Like, never, like, as much loved it. I didn't finish Mario Brothers. I finished Mario Brothers 2, but might might be the only game I beat when I was a kid until later. I just always was fascinated by it. Like, I'd get other games. I'd always like to try different games. Like, does that make sense? You know, it's like I didn't love it, love it, love it, but I read Game Pros. Like, just kind of circled around it. Um you sure you didn't love it? Because you're reading games. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 like, like, I don't know. But it's a different aspect, though. Well, I just always compared because I had friends that would go. They could sit there and play the game for eight hours. I can't mm. do that. I can play for an hour or so. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I got to go outside or do something else. Like, I can't do. 
I had friends that were hardcore gamers, and I just wasn't. Didn't seem like I enjoyed not, it as much as an they. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy as much as they did in that same way. And I still feel like that now with you and Jack and stuff. I'm like, I don't know if I can play. I feel like I'm good. Um, and that's not a hit. It's just just a weird, you know. Anyways, anyway, so I'm, I'm getting deeper in the childhood. So then, I yeah, I when I went to high school and stuff, I didn't know. I I movie stuff was the big thing for me. So I wanted to go to like film and other stuff. So I think right out of college, out I went to. Once I transferred, I went to Georgia State for a little bit for film school or whatever, and I wanted that's what I wanted to do. Um, but then at the same time, I started getting into this is when we started being my journey. I got into like music more. I started a lot of stuff happened when I got 18. I got a computer and I like got a guitar. I got all these things that I never knew. <laughs> Other things like, yeah, hey, I could play guitar and I started writing songs and that evolved into like doing band stuff. So then I actually literally dropped out of school and did like a band like i had a job but me and my friends and it was my cousin other people had a band for like a year and a half in savannah where we'd go and play at nighttime and places and you know get paid like nothing huge but it was a big you know that's what we did um but then at some point we needed to move up here to atlanta and we came up and i think i my friend I moved up here and he's like i got this job being a graphic designer at this place and this is the way I am with most stuff. Again, I was going from film school, dropping out to being in the band. I was like, I mean, I have this job making these graphics. It's like, I could do that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned how to, because you get you know, illegal copies of all the software. You go to <laughs> use Photoshop. And I, I already knew how to do that because I'd done like little projects. Because that's what I was doing. I was always making little movies or just projects or something with like a Photoshop and things. So I already knew how to use them. And I learned them at a TV station. So I knew Adobe stuff. So I was like, I could do that. So then I started just doing graphic design. I was working at that place for a while up here. And then I was like, hey, this is what we started doing web design stuff. And I was like, hey, programming something. I remember starting programming because this is like while I'm still doing the band, while I do all these other things, <laughs> I was doing all this other stuff, trying to learn a new job. And then I was like, I need a hobby. I think programming could be my hobby. <laughs> I was like, I guess 24 or five at this point. Mm-hmm. I was like, programming should be my hobby because I was like, I could make a program that could make my job easier because we did like golf courses and you had to go through this process of getting the GPS, but it's like, it, you couldn't make it into a program, that, which is games do now, you know, you can get the data. And so in my head, I was like, that could be a program. So once I got into programming, I started lear- learning like web dev stuff with Linda and all that stuff. And then of course it just swallowed everything. And I was like, I need to go back to school. For So then I went back to school, got a CS degree. But at that time, right at that time when I was working in that place and sort of getting into program, I remember one of my boss there was a super gamer too. Like, super uber gamer more than you guys actually like he oh, was wow. like he's like always he's the time you go to his house and you just pick up and you start playing while everybody's like in there talking like couples not like you know <laughs> like that kind of guy um so he was like yeah they they released this new thing because he was in the, that world i wasn't into the game dev world he was just sort of in that world because he wanted to do it but he wasn't you know so he but he's like there is this thing called x and a i was like what's x and a oh, yeah. and he's like well it's this thing like you can make your own games. Like, huh? Make your own <laughs> games. This is, I just realized that people program things. I forgot to mention that. When I said I could be a hobby, I was like, hey, people program everything we'd use. I just never had any programming knowledge. It's just one of those things. Even when I was 18, I was like, I can get a guitar myself and write songs. That could be possible. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like I was doing other stuff and you never realized. You were focused elsewhere. You weren't really. Yeah, it's like you don't realize the, yeah. you love music so much. You're like, I could actually write my own songs. I mean, that's something. Right. And if you don't get introduced to that, it's like, I mean, you're already, you know. Yeah. Anyways. So that blew my mind. Somehow I got like just 
so as I started programming, it was always like, use it or be there. You like, it's like programming, but, and I was fascinated. And I love databases and I love all that stuff and websites and messing with it. But I was like, games, oh man, I can make a game. Like, that seems so cool to me. And so then I just kept doing it and went through school. And then I made, with XNA, I finally figured it out. I got better after a couple of years of programming. I made like a little, you know, Asteroid game on the Xbox. They had the little indie marketplace at that time. And that was a big deal for me because that's actually a release thing that I did. And then I think through that, we mentioned to get all the way back to that's when I just started kind of now I'm like reading game dev stuff every week. It's like two years of doing all that. And we're all, you know, talking with other people online, those forums and those community developers. Mm. Um, and then, yeah. And then we had a mutual friend that you worked with that started working with VBI where we all kind of met Obina and then, he was like, he was a friend of ours and we're still friends with him, but he's like not a game developer at all. And I'm like learning this stuff. I'm like, I know Unity. I've learned Unity on my own. He's like, oh, this is cool. You kind of find it. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I got a new job. I was like, where'd you get a job? And this is while I'm doing like graphic design. At a place. I'm in the marketing department at the place doing web development stuff and video stuff. He goes, where? He goes, yeah, we're using Unity. I was like, what? It's like, you don't even like games. <laughs> like one you found a unity job in you know 2013 12 2012 i think maybe yeah right. 2013 i was like which was not a lot at that time there right. wasn't a lot right on that cusp of being more professional places and i was like what and then i was like okay man and then after a couple months he's like we finally and then he finally got me in to come interview and that's when i met Vina and everybody so it's been a weird journey like with that stuff because it's like it, it finally came to when i did that um when I made that Xbox indie game, for some reason, I was lucky enough that Xbox magazine people called me and said, can we just interview for, I don't know how many people they call because we were part of this marketing thing because that's what I've always been pretty good at bringing together. And this guy did this marketing thing for a lot of these indie games of the summer, the summer kind of bundle, but it was like a homemade one. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going, hey, I can make the website. So I ended up making all the graphics and website for all these people. So it's like I was in on this thing, even though my game was pretty simple. But being a part of that, I was in on this thing. So they interviewed me. But to speak to your point, what the guy asked me, he's like, well, how did you get in the games? So I was like, well, I was like, I was into like film and stuff. And then I was like into mu- music and production and all those things. And then I got into graphic design and art. And then I got into programming. And I love doing all those things. Then I like writing. I like doing story stuff from I was like, and then it's like, I realized like, that the one thing I can do all that stuff in is in games. <laughs> it's like the right, one yeah. area, like, because you had the program. And I really do love programming outside of just games. I enjoy databases and all that. I like enjoy, like you said, databases. Like, but I enjoy, you know, like a good programmer, you start, our minds start thinking about, you know, how to, it's like, oh, hold on, let me think about that. Um, breaking down problems. So I was like, yeah, this is the one place that I could like actually get to dip my toe in all those things on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Especially when the indie side of that stuff. I never had aspirations to work at a big, pl- again, because I think I just found myself in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I found myself working where we work, which is the guy virtually better. I'm the only one that still works there with Zach. And we do cool projects there. We're still now, because we, we have a lot of freedom, we make like, it's for, I guess, how would you describe it? It's behavior, healthcare, sort of. <laughs> it's like serious games. It's apps and VR right. stuff and things like that. Uh, a lot of apps yeah. with games and stuff. So it's kind of neat. It's like four different purposes. We use Unity all the time. You know, it's like, but allows me the freedom to do that. And then also go home and work on this stuff with you guys and do for, you know, make tinker with other things. But so working at the big place was never my goal. I just kind of found, which is kind of a cool juxtaposition to all of us for all kind of different places. But and you guys have worked at big places, gone moved into it. So right. speaking of, just to on that topic about never wanting to work at big places, I think I was the same way. 
Uh, but I think after having that mentor at that first job uh, with where I worked with uh, our mutual friend, Andrew, um, right. I realized that, I don't know, there was like, there's different, there's a lot of different people, a lot of different skill sets and in, in, in like experience in, in engineering. And the more, the different companies I worked at, I would learn and find people that would do things uh, completely different or astronomically better as far as engineering. So I would learn a lot when I moved to different companies, especially bigger companies, because they were had maybe more complex problems to solve. Uh, and that's the one reason where I started after leaving VBI, where I wanted to like, okay, I think the reason right. I want to go is because I want to learn more. And that's the only reason I would leave, like, because VBI was a great place to work. Well, I would think, um, no, I would agree with you. I would also think too, and would I be more, see, the thing about you guys are both way more traditional engineers than I am. I mean, even though we all have CS degrees, which is okay. I'm not a, I don't think, I think of myself as, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I still think of myself even more on the art side. Like between, I, I feel like I'm 20% of everything. I'm much more in the middle of like, right. I do the artwork. That's why I have to have fun making my own games and stuff, but I do artwork, I'll do music and I'll do the programming. I love programming. It's not like I don't like it. But it's not my sole thing where I need to devote all my time. Like DBI has been great for me because I can do everything and I can kind of right. control and conceive. It's a more like managerial experience for me and more um, design experience for me, bringing those elements and a budget and stuff together. Right. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. When you get to be, if you really engineer route too, but also art route too, if you really want to be a series artist, any of those things where you really want to specialize, Go find people that are better. In always situation, if you're feel if you're the best person in the room, most of the time, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, yeah, go get up to the big level studios and you have really heavy hitter art. And I mean, there's a reason why those games look so like you know, Bungie has a great art team. Other places, all those places, they make their own engines. They have a great like the, you know right. engineer teams and stuff like that. So, um, I, you, you kind of brought up one thing. Oh, sorry, Ryan. You want to go? Oh no, I just as you say, like he was, he was talking about, like us being more traditional engineers. I, you know, I think it's awesome that Andrew, you encompass so many different attributes. Like you said, you got a little bit and everything because it gives you a lot of different perspectives to think about a problem from. Because sometimes I just like trudge forward, like my engineer brain just kind of just right. like, keeps pushing at that one angle. And somebody will say like, well, why don't you just get the artist to do the texture a little different or something like that? I'm like, oh, I could stop, you know, writing all this complex code. And like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just come along and say, just change the color on that. I'm that like, oh, okay, yeah. That's actually a great point. I wish Zach was right. here at this point. Cause Zach and I run into that work where he'll bang against his head. It's like, well, you told me to do this. And if I ran into that problem and I'm making something, I was like, we're just going to change this. We're not going to do it this right. way. I'm right. going to talk them out of this. Like this part of even like soft skills, like I'm going to sell it to this this other way because this is too much trouble. But as a programmer, right, sometimes like, why don't you just change it? But I mean, it's his job to sort of just try to do what I told him to. You know, like a lot of cases, you know, try to execute yeah. what we So yeah, about. sometimes engineers just get that tunnel vision and like, right. I, I'm the problem solver and I'll use my hammer again. And, you know, right. you got somebody else to come across and seen it from like, from a different angle, like, why don't you just use a paintbrush and we can just paint yeah. over it? And my thing, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I get into triage mode. I'm like, cut that and who cares? We're not right. doing that anymore. Do that, yeah. stream like that, put that together, we're done. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> like, I think the the Andrew kind of mix of, of uh, like personality slash uh, experiences is like the optimal, I would say the optimal person to be like a game developer. However, like when you don't have that, all that skill set or that like encompass into one person, I think meeting and using other people is your is like the sweet spot. That's why you like for me personally, I would always find people and just gorgeous story kind of reference 
is going on those forums and like finding artists, finding right. designers, finding even project managers to know how to you know organize a project was really key to actually keeping my interest in game development going. So if you can't do it everything, you know, find people that can. Well, um, and if you said, I'm, I thank you for the compliment, but I also think that like, I did like, <laughs> but it's also a certain, certain point because I can't make sense. I, you guys are better engineers than I am. You know what I mean? Like, so, or you have way more experience and way more just hard hitting like about stuff. That's why I'd ask you guys. So it's like, to me, it's like, yeah, you can do certain things to a certain point and it gets more and more with, you know, crazy stuff you can do in Unity and all those other things in real. Like you can make, you watch devlogs and YouTube. It's like, this is one guy making this. So, I mean, there is a lot of things you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, to to get to a level, it's not, I don't, I, I, I don't know, part of my, I do believe in that one person thing. That's just my ethos. Like, oh, you could, but that's not smart for a lot of things. If you want to work in one game for eight years, go ahead. But if you want to work in a game right. for a year or two and it's like a pretty simple thing, you get get the best people in the world. That's the thing you want to make. It's like any director, the best directors, the best movies happen. Like those Marvel movies are fun and those other things happen because they have so many talented people working and all those things. Like the director, you get all the credit for it. <laughs> but yeah. these teams, like even from the story team, all these things come together to make, you know, the really people that could do it better. It's like you're not going to yeah. be a better costume designer than that person. It's just not fathomable. You know, yeah, like, you know, go watch those credits sometimes and get to the visual effects section and just see how yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, that's a yeah. big thing. So it's like really fine. I mean, do stuff for fun and do stuff you want to do it by yourself. But I think it helps me have an understanding of it. But it's like I would any project of a size, I would find better. You know, go right. find artists, go find engineers, yeah. go find things, you know, I've got a uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, just one real quick thing. And I also like to emphasize what Obina was saying about that communication and looking for people like networking is good. It took me a long time to finally get comfortable doing that. I mean, and that's not right. just for finding a job. It's like he said, for problem solving, too. Like you were always I've worked with him twice now and he's been real good about like, you know, seeking out people and talking to them and get communication lines open. I know I'm very bad at that sometimes. Again, like I'll just sit down. And like I'm going to solve this problem. But yeah, it's it's very important to communicate with other people and sort of get that networking going like that. So it's been like being a skill. Bond. Yeah, I think Abina and I bond. That's where the whole rubber duck thing came from. I was talking about that because it was the thing. It's like Abina and I were always pretty good at just talking out loud because for a while it was Abina and I worked yeah. in the office just for months together. And then mm-hmm. Zach came along and spoiled the party. <laughs> well, well, that's how this company. Whole, like, yeah. <laughs> and that's how this whole thing started too. Is why, you know, I was new to the company. You guys just, we just started shooting the shit about like right. development. And it's like, oh, well, this is kind of an interesting set of perspectives. So, you know, right. Yeah. So, sorry, Abina, question- Yeah. Yeah, my question's unrelated to that, so I think it's good that I came last, is about, uh, I think Angie mentioned, you know, all of us have a CS degree, and I think part of this question about, you know, oh, yeah. becoming a, a, yeah, an yeah. engineer or a game developer in 2021 is schooling, and I think that's a big question for me, and something that I've had wishy-washy feelings on uh, mm-hmm. over the years, about whether you feel it's necessary for game developers in 2021 to, or pres- aspiring uh, game developers to go to school or go back to school to get a CS degree or a like a specialization like video or game design degree to get into the industry. I mean, I'd say it's it's abs- um so you said uh it's absolutely not a requirement. It never really has been. I mean, people have been making games dropping out of school for forever. Now, the one thing I will say what the the degree does get you and what I like is it's a kind of a safety net say if games don't work out right. maybe you have some credentials that you can go to people and say i've reached a certain level of skill and can maybe like you know i'm not doing games anymore but maybe i'm writing tax software you know 
might not like it, but it'll pay the bills. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, it, like I said, it's never been a requirement. And in this day and age with so many tools available that you could, you can kind of get that started yourself. And, but, you know, but again, I'll say it really helps because you learn a lot, if, especially if you're going to become an engineer, you learn a lot of fundamentals in school, you know, about the way the computers work, about algorithms, about the data structures, even some of the theory you may never touch again is kind of interesting sometimes. Um, but I'd say it very, very much helps. So don't ever think it's required, but don't ever shy away from it and be like, oh, I don't need that. You know, it's like I'd, I'd strongly encourage it, but don't feel, ever feel like it's mandatory. Before you go, Andrew, let me just ask a question kind of just to set the I guess maybe it's devil advocate to what you're just saying, but mm -hmm. I think back in the day, at least when we were schooling and when you were schooling, especially, right? Mm -hmm. But like, just like the access to information, just like the access to game engines, the access to oh. YouTube videos explaining, yeah. oh, you know, sure. there's even yeah. like MIT courses online. That you can just go on YouTube and figure out how a computer works, how algorithms work, how, uh, you know, threading works in a, in a machine. All that information is readily available. I think almost the whole CS course on MIT is, is pretty much available yeah. from mm -hmm. like, um, applied mathematics to everything. So with all that information still out there, do you think the degree still hits as hard as it does? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, that get, you could get into a whole discussion of like, you know, what is modern learning and is, you know, the traditional institution still the way to go? I mean, I have a hard time letting go of my bias saying it offered sort of a structure and a cadence to things. It sort of, you know, got me to be more disciplined, um, which very much helped me. But as far if you're just talking about raw information and can you do it? Yeah, then no, you, you don't need to go to a university for it. Heck, you're going to spend a lot of time at a university doing a lot of peripheral stuff that isn't, you know, what you intend to do. So like, you know, right. for me, it's like, you know, I had a year's worth of chemistry, um, like three different physics courses and stuff like that. And it's like, it, you know, the, so some of that did help, right? Because there are physics engines and, you know, things like that. And it kind of gets you some concepts. But that's, you know, doing electro emag work and then going in and say, I want to make the ball bounce. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's such a it's such a vast. But I mean, you're going to spend all that time doing that stuff. And so if you really just want to get started, then, yeah, don't don't go to a university because you're going to spend your first, say, two years probably of undergrad just getting these fundamentals done before you even start hitting what you're focusing on like say for instance me i didn't it wasn't until my probably late third fourth year where i finally started taking graphics courses networking courses they they layer on so much stuff for you before you even start hitting those specializations that you know it's going to be three years before you say oh i'm finally in like OpenGL, like rendering something awesome you know now up until then it's you know just like hey i'm gonna like work on this vector math and i'm gonna have to write these programs for like a state machine or you know Right. popsicle stand or i don't know whatever but anyway so yeah i and like you said obina there, there's so many different avenues to get information and just to focus in on it right away like you know hey i need to learn vector math you can just open up youtube or go to mit or khan academy like all right let me see what a dot product is oh that's what that is okay i'll moving on now now i can maybe orient my character better or check if he's behind something or blah 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 um or in like the amount of access just to people like like you said back then is maybe posting on bbs is hoping to find some corner of the internet where people were actually doing this and would answer it and right. now there's there's you know reddit and you know all sorts of other discord servers all sorts of places you can just jump in and be like hey does anybody know what a, this is or how to do this and i'm sure you'll probably get three different ways to do it now and there's right. of course stack overflow too if you're just looking for a right. quick solution so so yeah you don't have to i i value my degree but i don't think it's a mandatory thing so yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, what do you think? Well, I think if part is pure knowledge, you're talking about knowledge and what you need to learn, 
everything you're going to learn in college is on the internet right now. Yep. Meaning, I mean, and especially now too, that they actually have college courses, but even before that through YouTube, like through books and through these other things, like the, the knowledge base, like even for programming stuff, even, I don't know how you guys are in CSS stuff, but we didn't learn languages. Like everything I've done in languages from that to unity to everything I've learned online, I didn't learn, we learned, you know, you start learning data structures and other stuff, but even that stuff I've refreshed off and learned more online since then. Since, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we learned like fundamentals because they always said like, well, you're not getting a, we're not training you, we're giving you an education. So it's all this like theory, you know, it's all big O notation. It's all these things and operating systems, but in the abstract of how they actually work, but not actually, this is how, you know what I mean? Like it was very... I don't know. I think, well, I think you hit it on the head when you say they're they're not training you. It's right. like yeah, they're going to give you all the fundamentals and the theory. They're going to give you a base set of tools. You can now right. go and learn other things with. And I guess maybe that actually puts a, a finer point on what I was trying to say is like it gives you a starting toolkit to help accelerate your learning. Whereas just dipping in and like having a specific question answered may not give you. I mean, it, right. it solves that problem, but you don't have that uh, as broad a tool belt, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a hammer. It's like I've got somebody that just showed me how to hammer this one thing. <sighs> this is a shit analogy. Right. Well, <laughs> well you think, get it, though. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like I, can, I can build with a, like a degree, like a university degree. It's like they've given me a way to learn and build things, whereas with a lot of these other ones, they're like, well, no, we're just going to hone in on this one thing you want to build. And deviating from that could be a little more difficult for you. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, I mean, but I'll say, having said all that, I'll say what my opinion is, which is, <laughs> which is, I think the knowledge, like, I think, and like this coming in really a distant third, like you said, maybe if you somehow need the structure of that, you know, you need the structure of going and I'm going to class and doing this and like part of that experience is part outside of a college experience, which is different. That's something that I, that could be valuable too, though. I mean, you're, if you're a kid, you don't want to do anything. Shut up for about games for a second. Just normal social experience is always sure. great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. That's a magical time in your life outside of what you're majoring in. Going to right. concerts, doing all that stuff. Um, right. You don't have to do that. You can have that and have to meet new friends and be at a local. Do whatever you want to. I mean, you can find community. I'm just saying there's there's cultural aspects of college or going off at that time in your life for a reason. But honestly, for a traditional university relation thing, the two reasons you go there the things that there's certain type of things you just cannot get anywhere else. One is the, it's I'll call it prestige, but it's not prestige. It's there's legitimacy with that, with whatever job you're going to go to or what, anything you have, you have that degree in paper. Now it might be <laughs> empty in the fact that it just feels like, Hey, this is just a thing out of my, yeah, it is because that degree, even just outside of that has nothing to do with what you learn, but you can get that degree that on paper, that's going to, if you want to get a job at a place, it's going to give you, a 30%, 40% leg out. Now we do work in industry where you can talk your way into a lot of stuff and show them what you worked on. And that's really awesome. And that's great. It just does give you that. If that's important to you, especially even now, if you went to get a master's, that would even be in a bigger, like, Oh, cool. We, it gets you into the, inter- it, ha- it actually would give you a better chance of getting an interview, especially for programming stuff. Like, Oh, he, he does have a degree in this. We can talk to him. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that it just does do that. But also there is a level of networking that doesn't happen. You cannot do especially the better school you go up. Like <laughs> that's why people go to Harvard and other places. Cause there there's a community of people <laughs> and yep. like people, your friends, you might meet friends that later, like 10 years later, you can call up for investment funding and like, cause they're millionaire. Like there's people <laughs> now I'm saying though, but I'm saying the the people you meet as the schools get bigger and better that's become true. more resource. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I mean? So 
and, and my little goofy example wasn't even resourcing, but I would not be here if I didn't go to school. Because at school, I met Brent, who's our friend, who Obina started working with, who got me a job. And the reason I came to work with Obina and you guys eventually everybody together. I met him at right. school working on, like, he was in the CS classes with me. Like, the same thing. Now, that's, like, the lowest, not a resource thing, but it is a connection. I would have never met him if I hadn't been going to his classes. And and at classes, you might meet like-minded people like he was who wanted to work on projects, wanted to do things. Like, I know you can meet that online, and you do that. You can... You can't, um, so there's always things you can substitute that with events and going to these things and meetups and all that stuff you can, but there is a prestige and a certain, there's a certain level as you go, especially as you go up in the universities, if you have a chance to go to, you know, to Stanford for computer science, something might be a good idea to try it. And if you have the means to do it, it's like, if you, this is like, if you had, I would never kill yourself to do any of these things, but if you had the opportunities, these opportunities do pay off because the amount of people you would meet and the types of help you might meet at those places goes up as it as the thing goes up. And that's just a fact of life too, you know. That's your your kind of tier of networking goes up as you learn, you know, meet different people. And you couldn't do that anywhere else. You can't do it and and it's as much as sucks, it honestly would be a club. If you can say I graduated from Harvard or CSS is like you have a group of people that you know or that are familiar with you that would have you know what I mean any of these big college you know any college like that would be Sure. No, I mean, that, yeah, that's a great point. And just, I guess one more example of that is like um, Art Institute where, you know, I got that internship from, that was my first job, the MMO company. And the guy who co-founded that, you know, like I left there, went off, did something else, but I eventually ran back into him when I was looking for a job. And that was when he was helping like out at some capacity at VBI. Right. So yeah. And so was, he's like, Oh, well, you true. know, unity now you've been doing multiplayer games. Well, they use unity over here and you know, there's a good bunch of people over here and they could they probably use you. And uh, so, yeah, I just all came back. Well, that's a good point. Like, yeah. That's, that's the opportunity that comes from schools that you can't get in as internships because those internships <laughs> feed directly true. from schools sometimes, right. yep. you know, from professors, from, I would do it for that. Outside of that, just for, sorry, just outside of that, the knowledge. And now this is a sliding scale. There are some technical schools that just teach you, that will teach you C and web development. The prestige is not as high there, you know, and maybe the networking is not as high, but they are teaching this, or like web boot camps and all those things. Those are actually just teaching the actual skills, period. And those are useful if you have the money and you feel like it's your time. Again, you don't have every, any knowledge of game development out, is out there outside of. The expertise you guys are talking about when you go work at a company and there's a level that that's not outlined, I think, or like where you actually meet people that are working these AAA like you guys have and like have that experience that I mean, there's some of it. And that's what we do. We talk to people when we do those things. But beyond that, beyond working at a big place with a mentor that's really good and they have experience, everything's online. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know. Right. Cool. So did we all state our undergrads? Just I don't know if we want to throw that out there or like because where'd you go, man? You went to. University of Georgia. Yeah, you went to oh. Georgia Tech, and I went to Kennesaw. So we have like, yeah. we have like the the top three. Oh, well, Georgia State. State. I went to Georgia State too, but that Georgia was just State. for film. Yeah. So we so yeah we represent three like institutions in Georgia. In Georgia. <laughs> so um, one thing, I guess my my opinion on this again has changed over the years, and I think the further I get away from college, <laughs> like the further years I get away from college and graduating, and uh, the more I'm in the industry, I feel like I'm shifting away. I guess it may be also as time and, and technology is progressing, I'm getting further and further away from advocating for schooling, uh, yeah. for specifically for game development. Um, and I think so. To I agree with all of your points, really, especially mm. the benefits of going to 
one to go to prestigious schools i think you can right. never live that down because i think that's built into yeah. a culture of it's kind of a our society lifetime thing yeah yeah i think i'm not that, saying no it's right either again i don't want to say it's right and i'm not saying any of that club and all those things are right but it does happen right right and yeah. i think that i think that's yeah. an important distinction to make but w one thing i would say is also a lot of it depends on your motivations and and kind mm -hmm. of aspirations as a quote-unquote game developer or engineer is that you know if you're not in the context of one of the, like a prestigious school or like a school that is focusing on game development or where you're going to be kind of networking for you're going there for networking because that again i feel like that's the only part of that institution that I really, that we are, that all of us are saying we, we kind of see value in. Because like you said, everything right now is online. You can go do the learning online. And right. there is, well, you said there is the validation as well and accreditation from, from getting that piece of paper, which I agree with as well. So I think my point is like, when I say it kind of depends on the motivation of the individual, is like, if you're not, I mean, it's gonna take a lot of effort to get out there. If you're not, willing to put in that effort and motivate motivated to put in effort to like become a game developer that means like doing your own research going online finding those answers getting a core mm -hmm. base of understanding for those interviews that you're going to be in uh, as far as like hey do you understand core concept of computing or scheduling or processes or threading those kind of conversations you have to learn that information so you have to be motivated to find those answers outside of stack overflow because that alone will not give you the context and base you need to give detail during those interview you know, the interviews. So anyway, right. So I, I'm saying that that information, like if you're motivated in that sense where you're already doing that, then going to college and going to university is not going to benefit you because you're already trying to learn the things that college may or may not even teach you. There's some pieces of that that they're not going to teach you or they don't see value. They're just giving you a base understanding where you need to do a little bit more to get a good job. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big piece. Um, I got a question for you, Abina. So do you mm -hmm. do you feel like you said over time you feel like maybe the uh, the college uh, or you know the accreditation or college being part of the uh, process for this doesn't seem as important now? Is that you think it's just because you're you're just so far away from that now in your crea career? Meaning like you know you know at some point in your life like the SATs and the end of high school are very important and that seems like your world and that's the most important thing. And then college like get. You're graduating from there and doing that, it seems super important. Like, you know, but then once you get out into the industry and job into the sort of the real world, then it's like, yeah, all that sort of kind of falls to the wayside. And you start thinking, well, that's just real far in the past. And it's part of what made you or built you up to where you are. But it's, you know, it kind of gets distant. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, well, I don't, maybe that's not that valuable. But you forget how, val at least valuable it seemed at the time. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just bl like blown up in your head, you know. Uh, and this being the editorial you, not necessarily specifically you. Right. Um, but for, yeah. for, for me, I think. I feel like personally that I didn't get much value at my my for my degree. I could be wrong. I could have those interviews. I'm not, I wasn't the interviewee viewer, uh, so I don't know that answer. But I feel like in game development and doing engineering, um, a lot of the value is show me what you've done, show me what you can do or what you've done. Um, and I think sure. that piece of paper tells you, okay, I have generally I have the core concept of what it takes to write some code. That's what it says. Hey, I, I know generally what to do. Um, and that's what they're saying. Okay, well, at least they know generally uh, from this school what they do. And the, and the better the school, they're like, okay, probably the better they have an understanding. Um, but I feel like a lot of my value came from what I've done, like what I w was into, what I knew. And because of the things that I got into outside of school is where I got this knowledge to answer questions or to give explanations on things regarding engineering. Right. And I think... 
I think being aggressive in what you do outside of school is really what's going to set you up for success in our field. It's almost like becoming a an artist, like a like a musician. Right. You yeah. need to put in the work, and that's going to be reflective in well, movies. That's, that's a, a, that's a yeah, that's a very good point. Like, just don't do the bare minimum thing. If I just check all these boxes, I'm good. I got that, you know, piece of paper. I did that camp or whatever. I'm good. No, you get you, you gotta have that hunger and like just keep doing stuff and keep learning yeah. and trying. Because if you don't, you're you're just not gonna get through any of those doors. Yeah, and I almost argue that most like this is a weird thing I contention I have with even let's talk from an engineering standpoint, CSS degrees. I don't think they're taught like their law degrees. And I don't think I think they need to be taught more like their art degrees, like create it like how we have the way we teach arts degrees that we have these things and they have these big projects they work on and they have these big kind of pinnacle. Like we do these classes right. and they treat. So I talked to a lot of programmers when I was at school and they, like, hey, so these are younger. So I, I mean, I was wasn't super old, but I was older. I was like twenty six and they were twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna? This is me is like because I've at this point I've built a website in like eight different languages and done like a little game in my like so I'm just like, hey, do you what kind of stuff do you work on? That's what I always ask people. Like, what kind of stuff do you work on? You know? And they're like, uh, nothing really. I was like, what kind of program do you want to be? Like, what do you I mean, you're in the same classes, like, what do you want to do? Like, I don't know, just get a job, I guess, or something like that. I was like, this isn't <laughs> like a because but it, it really does that because if you just went to CS thing and left, you wouldn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Now there are places yeah. that just hire you for being. If you want to be a code monkey, you can be a code. That's what the term they use all the time because they say for people that just come in these jobs, we'll teach you whatever assembly thing we're using for these like embedded systems, and we'll teach you it, and you'll just do that for the rest of your life, and that's fine. And some people just want to do that; they just want to get in there and just code. They kind of like coding a little bit, but they don't like make. To me, I feel like I love programming because it's project based. I, I learned how to do it because it was preventing me from building a site or building a game that I wanted to. I was like, I need to learn how to program, I guess, to build this thing, you know? But I don't think that's a good, but what you said, Ryan, is perfect. What And anything outside of being, I mean, even if you were going to be a lawyer or doctor, all these things, you need to go beyond anything. Hold on. <laughs> this is like a bigger topic. I want to yeah. like, here's, here's back, a, the point is I, you, I have you should put yourself into, put yeah. effort into anything you do. Any, like, and people don't, don't be the minimalist. You, yeah, you don't actually advance. People that are at the top of things, this is a good lesson for any young people, but people, you're never going to advance by doing the required amount of work. Mm-hmm. All right. Even if you're in a program, like, you're going to be a doctor and you're going to get to this thing. The way you advance and the way you become, people become presidents and the way people become that because they're working for, you know, not I'm saying you need to have your work life balance, but there's a thing about you need to go an extra mile to gain an extra step. You know what I mean? Right. Like it requires you to go, you know what? I, I see something. I'm going to work beyond that to get even better at that. Or like if you're a programmer, it's like, yeah, you graduated, but are you learning? Are you looking up? Are you just, it can be as easy as just like keeping up with the latest, you know, what's going on with C++. I use it every day. Maybe I should keep up with what's going on with it. You'd be surprised how many people have no any idea of just the industry they're in. Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we love talking about it. That's why we did this show because we like talking about it. But I've met game developers. I've met other people that have no idea what the stuff we would talk about on the show is. It's like if you're a game developer and you actually are a professional game developer, the stuff we talk about, like when we do new stuff, should be like a no-brainer. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. But even that is just a minimal level. But just in general, I, people don't understand that you can't just from. And it's just how it works. I mean, it's sort of how capitalism works, guys. It's like, 
and I and I you know I have mixed views about stuff, and I think you know people at the bottom. Should be more, we, I don't want to get into like I think old man Andrew's been, economic rent. No. <laughs> I, but I believe in an upper level of capitalism. I do think there should be way more of a safety net for people. But I think when you want, like some people would want to just do their job and just do it, and that's it. But you, if you want to get to certain levels or events, it takes extra work. It takes like, hey, you know what? I'm going to spend my weekend learning this new language. And some people are like, what do you mean? I'm going to, I'm going to take hours at work to learn this. Like, no, dude, you need to learn this this weekend because you're going to come in. You're going to press the hell of these people. And they're like, oh, shit, man, you learned that new language. It takes that. Just like you're saying, Ryan, both of you guys are saying, like, it takes that extra step. And if you don't, you're not going to get it from college. You're not going to get it from any program if you don't have that. You know, it's and I feel gonna, like that becomes so, so important, like, um, so present in your day to day. When I move from a small company uh, atmosphere to a larger company. Right being like you have to do a lot more work to gain that yeah. like you said it takes it's extra keep it up yeah it is it's crazy because every especially when you're in a larger company where it's like everyone is already kind of doing that kind of has that mentality mm-hmm. it takes a lot even more you know you have to go really above and beyond to to get better because i mean you, you that's ultimately it's it's more for for you but you have to like put in the work um a lot of work. Well, and that's <laughs> why those, cr- I mean, not to even get like distracted, but that's why those crunch conversations are always interesting because mm. I agree we don't need to exploit people and I agree we don't need to do stuff. But part of that is that, I'm, I'm, I'm like deep down on us, like when we're all working on a project right in, that crunch part is like where the magic happens too, though. Mm-hmm. You know, some of that stuff, like mm-hmm. part of that stuff is that though some of those people are there because they want to be there working really hard. Now, that doesn't need to be a normal thing and it doesn't need to be a thing. But it also doesn't necessarily go away because that's part of a, I don't know. I'm just a person like that. I like getting down there at the end, like getting together. All right, we're doing this. We're on a piece. Let's get this you're, done. Like, you're right. The pressure helps sometimes. Yeah. People under the gun trying to solve a problem. Really but everybody does it. I think yeah. if you're in that personality, it helps you. If you're not, then it feels like exploitation. That's why it's right. pro- like it's like it's hard to, you know. Yeah systematize that but even people who like maybe perform better under pressure or like you're saying those times do generate a lot of good things it's it's almost like a drug maybe where it's like you can keep doing that but that's going to wear somebody down over time even people who perform under pressure it's like if you keep putting it on them it's going to wear them out and then you know they may have to go take a vacation or worse they just leave your company and say i can't do this anymore you know you tapped me out so i mean so there's pluses and minuses to that but yeah so but like he said it's definitely something you know that you know, helps things become better is having that motivation to go the extra mile. And I, you know, I think with any of these things going that extra mile means like, you know, again, like well, everything we've discussed earlier, as far as like, you know, different tools you could learn or schools you could go to, those are all more general levels of knowledge. I mean, where the extra mile comes in is like learning the things and honing the things, you know, to get to where you want to be. Cause that's the very specific stuff, right? It's like, where do you want to be? And finding that path is that extra mile. So, right. And I also want to point out, and I think, which I think is a really good thing about people in our field, is I think it's almost inherent in a lot of people in our field, especially indie game developers, is that their whole mentality is about going the extra mile. More often than not, they're doing other things. Their nine to five does not align with game development. Um, so I think that's they already are on a great basis to really do well in game development. In that. You know, they're working on games on the side. They're learning how to, you know, build to Android and iOS stores. So I think, yep. you know, the core kind of audience that we're speaking to already solved that most often right. than not. Uh, so I think that's a really good thing. Um, <coughs> anyway. That's yeah, I, and you're craftsmen. That's the thing. I mean, right. craftswomen, craftsmen, you're, you're, when I think game developers from, pro, all the, all the, uh, 
disciplines involved with game development, including program, which kind of gets on a more traditional thing. These are they're they're art. They're forms of art. I mean, even programming, I think they're they're create like they involve their crafts. We need to get better at our crafts, which means it gets better and always staying up to do it. like just. And you should do it if you love it. That's the thing is that you should begin to the stuff. And you might if you're yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you've already done it because you're, you're doing something that most people don't. <laughs> you're do, doing which, it. Yeah. yeah, you're. It's like I said. They always said that. I met you guys that Freakonomics book and that movie. They always talked about. They did a study to figure out what the best parenting books were. And what they realized is the fact that parents that just buy any book are the ones that would be better parents. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. book they buy because they're the type of parent that would buy a better book, like book right. to figure out they're aware of. So it's the same thing with this. It's like, you're, I mean, I don't know how you could help somebody not listen to this, but I mean, if you're already listening to this, you're on the right <laughs> path already, but, but find out, find other podcasts, find other games. That's what I do when I get into something, I find like every single thing and I immerse myself and I watch the, you know, and then you get that. I mean, the ones you don't love, it'll fall off and you don't care anymore, but the things you do love, it'll stick with you. That's why we started this show. Cause if we like talking about so much, we want to do it ourselves. Right. Um, I think we went a reverse way because we went to school. We talked about school and all that stuff, but it's good. So I think our thing is like, yeah, school is, we've already talked about school in general, but what if people were just starting like, hey, I, I'm an inkling. I'm just listening to you guys casually. I saw you guys on YouTube. I want to start messing with this. Not even like I want to devote my life to this. What would you say? Would you just say, to me, it's the question's easier now than there because there's YouTube. We have YouTube, which this is on other places on. You can... There's so many ways. I don't even think you should spend any money. I would anything outside of school at first, avoid any money because you don't have to spend it if you just want to dip your toes into the world, right? There's right. so many resources. For for me, to go along with that, I agree with that hundred percent. Though for me, another thing that's really good and important for getting started is finding other people to get started with. Right. Whether that's doing a game jam or um going online, going on a Reddit, find someone that's looking for even free work. Um, Cause I mean, you're going to be doing it for free most of the time, but if you can find paid work, that's great. Free work is, you know, often as good as, as well. It might be even better because you might be doing a lot more like different, you know, have your hands in different pots. Is that the right expression? But anyway, doing a lot of different things in like smaller companies uh, so they can't pay. So I don't know. Well, and the, pe- would, the people like meetups and that stuff is good, right? That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like I said game jam, but yeah, like meetups and stuff. Just finding other people within the field um, that are either going to push you to do better, uh, show you their work constantly. So it makes you want to show you show them your work um, or just be on a project together working on a small game, whether it's a Tetris or even an MMO. <laughs> well, I'll, and I'll say this real quick before you write about, M- about those meetups is that <laughs> the ones we've been to, the Unity, we've been to like the Georgia game here. And I don't know if you guys went to them in San Francisco or whatever, but like, I think you could not, if you if you could see that online and go, oh, that's intimidating. I'm not like a game developer. I'm not, it's like, dude, everybody there, there are half of those people there haven't even touched program or something before. They're there because they're curious. I was surprised that even when we went to Unite in times yeah, and places, Unite. there's so many people we talked to like, well, we're looking into Unity. Have you never used Unity? They're like, well, no. I'm like, <laughs> and at first I was taking them, I was like, well, no, that's awesome. That's like a, that's a cool thing. Like, I just want to experience this and learn and talk because everybody at every one of those events, we have never met a jerk. Maybe a couple times late night at a party or something, but never like, <laughs> un, you know what I mean? But never, everybody's been super nice and seen the people and we had people that talked to us. We went into some of those things not thinking maybe we were you experts. Maybe you were that jerk. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that was an open bar. I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zach, that's another story. <laughs> um, but, like, we uh, 
but everybody was like, see, we went in there going, we don't know much. And then we left like, man, people, that's why we started this podcast. Cause we didn't think right. we had a lot of knowledge. And then people, right. we spent that first night, not lecturing, but talking, they were asking us questions like, yeah, we use it for this, this, and that. It's like, well, doing the same thing. So I would just say never, I had this perception of it before we ever went to them and not because I wasn't scared of this, but I was just, I thought they were for like it's professional and it is, there are professionals there and they're, but it's, really about beginners dipping their toe in that stuff and really just being there. And I would say at every one of those meetups we've been to, half of those people have never made a game, barely gotten into it. They're just starting. So don't be intimidated by that. That's a way to actually just see what, if you like it, you know, just mm -hmm. talk to people there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Everybody has that imposter syndrome at some point. You go into these yeah. things and you're like, oh, I'm the biggest idiot in the room. You're probably not. You know, it's just right. like, and I wouldn't even think that. It's like, you know, who, who cares? You're just there, you're there right. to learn. I mean, and that's easier said than done, I know, a lot of times. Because like I said, it took mm -hmm. me a while to get into the networking thing as well. But um, yeah, just, you know, I think it, what I'll add to that is, you know, you know, just start with something, you know, definitely go out and seek out like the, um, the networking that help with people, but just like, you know, download something like unity, open it up, like look at a sample project, just start, just start somewhere. And like, don't, you know, don't be too afraid of it. If you're just copy pasting code to see how something works and you don't fully understand it yet, that's fine. You know, you're seeing how things function, how they interact, you're probing it, you're, you're learning, you know, it, it may seem slow at first, but just keep getting with it. Then you'll like, you know, after a while you say, oh yeah, I know what this code does now. Now I can start, you know, making bigger pieces or examining bigger projects. And um, yeah, so I just keep at it and, you know, keep trying and don't never, never be afraid that it's like, Oh, you know, I don't have a formal degree and like, I'm just pasting code in. I'm, you know, I'm such a fraud. It's like, no, everybody starts with that at some point. Right. I mean, I've been programming for a Parts while. I, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I do that too. Like when I first got unity, it was like, you know, I don't know what this thing is. And it's like, I've been coding for a while, but it's like, you know, I got to get in like, okay, I dropped the script on here. And what is this script? Oh, it just makes this ball spin. I mean, I started there too. It's like, Oh, it just makes this ball spin. You know, been pro like professionally programming for like six years. It's like, this is new to me. It's it's new stuff. You got to right. learn it. So never never be afraid of it. Just you, you just start start doing something with it. Just touch it. You know, even if it's like 15, 30 minutes a day. Just you know, it starts to become habitual. You know, and you'll yeah. you'll like it. So yeah, definitely I, just keep at it. Um, yeah, go ahead. And I just say, just definitely keep at it. It's it's crazy how learning works. It's like you start off feeling like you're the dumbest person with whatever project, whether it's right. Photoshop for me or like unity or anything you start in that first day and then your first week you're like oh my god this is going so slow and then you look you know you do it for like a couple of months and you're like oh my god you're actually making a game now and then a couple of years later you know you're working for like a game company it's like it just it progresses so quickly that you don't realize you know how quickly learning works or quickly learning happens so just keep at it don't stop even if it feels frustrating um take a break but get back right back on it yeah, and I would say, I would also say the beginning when you're just like, so we're talking about a beginner just getting into these, some of these tutorials online, Unity has a bunch of tutorials, um, other places that like, um, all those places they work because I would say experiment with all of them, experiment with the art ones, experiment with the graphic, program, whatever you want. If you're doing this because you like games, that's one thing. If you, do, if you have a specific idea of what you want to do, that's one thing too. But I would just mess with everything. Don't limit yourself. Again, I don't like people limiting. I'm again because I'm the current person who's done a lot of different things. I don't like when people say, "Well, I wish I could do that." So like, just learn how to do it. It's really not that hard. Most things are not that hard at a basic level. Right. <laughs> Even programming, like programming enough to script on these things, is not that hard. It's not shouldn't be intimidating. Working Photoshop at a basic level, none of right. these things are hard. Right. Editing stuff. We've gone through <laughs> editing video, editing audio. It's not that right. hard. 
Right. Actually, what's funny is most most of it's the UI. I think. Yeah, it's it's really just yeah. These are technical skills. They're not right talent. It's funny when you say UI. That's how that was scared me away from Photoshop when I first got into it. But then we started this podcast, and I was like, I need to start editing. You know, episodes. I need to help out. So I watch a couple of YouTube videos and then I was like, you know, it's not that hard. Once you learn the basics. You don't know that stuff though, man. I, yeah. I'm telling you, I, this isn't a humble brag. I don't say that I always, but I wanted just for perspective. When I, before I got a job at our place, we went to this place where they like, it's almost like a recruiter place, but it was like for design and develop. It was for both. And they judged my, they like, I go show them all my portfolio and Photoshop and stuff. And they said I had master level skills in Photoshop. <laughs> no, and if you show me good. a Photoshop interface right now, I can't tell you what beyond ten percent of it does. Where's that paintbrush? Yeah, yeah, you don't know that there's like all these other kind of stuff they add. Like, I have no idea. Talking yeah. about imposter stuff, they're just like, "Oh, you miss me, and you know." All. I was like, "I have no idea. I know the ten percent that I use that we use to make right. graphics and do stuff. Yeah. Beyond that, I have no idea." Yeah. I think people just outside looking in, they're like, "This looks really complicated." It's actually not. Once you just get right. going, the basics, the basics of anything in life, people need to remember that are pretty. You can learn it in a week or a weekend. The right, basics yeah. I'm talking about, right. just to get your feet. And then you go, I keep saying feet wet and toes wet. <laughs> get the whole feel. I need, yeah. I need to take a shower. Or something. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> but like, that's what people need to ride. And then I'm not gonna kink shame or anything. So I go, yeah, I would say be free. Yeah, <laughs> just about, as you said that, I was gonna say, I'd say be free with what you're learning. <laughs> be free with your so love. Don't be limited. But I will say this because as we're coming, because I, you know. There's a going to explore. This now sounds bad after you said that. There's an exploratory time <laughs> in your life <laughs> where you're going to just learn other stuff. And if you like, I say, if you like something, learn it, try it. Out. Oh my god! Yeah, try everything. Well, once. Um, if you want to cool off for a second, I've got. I've got a personal story that I think. Well, let me just say real quick. Yeah, sure, I'll sure. just say once you get to that level, though, most people just real quick they they get to that after they've gone through the tutorials and you or something they go. What now? Because that is, there is like a couple month period when you get done with that stuff. You're yeah. like, what I would say then is like, make a project, figure out something you want to build. It could be even hard and then start making a list of the things you need to learn to build that and start knocking that list down. Because I'm like that. I used to say, well, I'm like that. Everybody else is like that. But I actually think being like that is the best way to learn something because nobody's going to learn something just from watching. Nope, I learned that module. Now I'm going to learn that. Like you need to have a video or you need to have a project that you dissect into how you're going to, that's a good experience anyway. Probably, I want to build this platform or what do I need for that? I need this and then we go look it up. Even if it's on Stack Overflow, make sure you're understanding what you're pulling, but find a project after that initial period. That's all I'm saying. All right, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's all right. Um, actually, it's, I'm glad I'm glad you got that out there because I was going to tell one story, but that time has passed. But I do have another one based off of what you just said as far as um, you know having a project and letting that sort of drive what you learn. Uh, that, that's one thing I d- definitely found was valuable when um, I was so I forget it blurs yet. I was in like, you know, I started getting to XNA as well. I know you mentioned that earlier. And I, I just, I, I think it's when mobile gaming was first getting hot. Right. And I was like, oh, we get, you know, obviously iPhones and then Android phones. I was like, oh, I should look into the mobile space and do that. And that's definitely what helped me when learning XNA. I first sat down like, well, I need, you know, something simple to start with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, because I don't know how to, well, like you said, I don't know how to even deploy code to this device. So that's the first thing. So it's like, oh, well, I need to do that. Okay. So 
write a hello world because if I can just like hit an icon and it says right. hello world, it's like, hey, I've got to start there. It's just text on a screen, but I'm now interfacing with the device. Right. Um, but yeah, like, so then I still thought, you know, well, yeah, I need a project. I need a simple game, something not too crazy, but that will incorporate certain aspects of the system. So, you know, I decided on a little um, like sort of Galaga style clone where you just hold, hold your thumb down on the screen to like shift the uh, shift, oh, not frame, shift the ship back and forth. And, you know, it would just constantly fire at these things coming down the screen. And so just having that basic concept of like, oh, you know, I'm just going to shoot little enemies falling down the the screen and say you know okay well obviously i'm going to need to render some sprites i'm going to need projectiles i'm going to need to produce a sound i'm going to need to learn how to do touch input and so as you know all that starts to come online it's like well what do i do first well i'm gonna have to have a ship right i need to render a ship so what are the sprites how do i render a sprite in xna you know right. cool now the ship's just sitting there on the screen it's like all right well let's make it more interesting now when i touch the screen gonna follow my thumb so then i go watch yeah. videos yeah on xna and like they'd say hey here's how here's your basic input system here's the input interface you know now go apply is, whatever you do yeah real quick interject your thing yeah. i entered xna is the best thing in the world because it gives you a main file with an update loop and a render loop and it says have fun it was great yeah it yeah. was amazing i have fun. to learn how games work how other screens come into the update loop all that's yeah that's yeah no, and yeah, yeah it, it was great. And thankfully, that language was very well structured for that. Right. You know, rest in peace. I love GXNA. Um, but uh, like, well, you know, I, used, it, I used C Sharp. That's what I used when I made my XMA game. Oh, yeah, me too. And, you know, so it, it kind of fit into my skill set already a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, Mono game now, by the way, they've, they've rebuilt it into open oh, yeah, source money. Yeah, you, you can still find it in another form. But yeah, so anyway, it's like, yeah, basically find something like that that'll just drive you to pick up the different bits. Like you said, screen switching. It's like, oh, I'm going to have different levels. I need to know how to swap out scenes now or something like that. So definitely find some small project because you'll be amazed how much you can learn. Even with a small, simple project, like I'm just shooting bricks on a screen. It's like, there's a lot of components there you're going to learn to just get to be able to shoot a brick on a screen. So yeah. It's, it's funny when you say small project. I feel like when you're just starting out, it's it's actually a good thing when you just say, when you try to do your Fair. own project in your head, yeah. uh, in that your small project actually turns out to be a huge yeah. undertaking because you know, there's no such thing as a simple game. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And especially when you're starting out, you think this is like, hey, I'm going to make a. Uh, a Mario cloner. I mean, I don't know. It could be anything, yeah. but it, it just there's it just takes up a lot of time and a lot of information that you need to grab and just pieces to the puzzle that you didn't even know existed until you start getting into it. So I think that's why starting your own project and I think sample projects on Unity's like Learn website are really great. Uh, but having your own project is, I think, key um, after you maybe do through, run through those sample problems because you know sample programs have kind of pre-made pro, uh, problems for you to solve and they might like push you to do maybe like, okay, I try adding a new ship now. But right, you know, there's a lot of those questions that are kind of pre answered for you. Whereas if you, you know, have your own project after you go through those, it's really good because you get to discover a lot of different problems uh, that may not be as apparent in like a sample project. So I definitely recommend like Andrew and Ryan already says, just have your own project after you hit that dead space. We'll build it. And I reference, I, I'm a person who looks at those sample projects and I'm like, ooh. I get intimidated by that. Like I'm just, I'm just a person who looks at other code and I get intimidated. And then what happens is I'll go off and write two times that amount of code. And you're like, cause I, I'm the one that I'll write code forever. Like even it's like web, like rack native stuff that I'm doing now. And it's like, this is like a thousand. I've wrote all of this. Like, I, don't, I feel like, a, did I have an out of body experience? Like everything right. here, I wrote all this. Like, that's so that's funny when you come thing. back to code like a couple years later and you, and you see like a whole project you did and it's like all your code and like, did I actually write all this or did I get it off of a kit? I get a kick out of that because I get great. a kick out of all creative stuff that I do. I'm like, this didn't exist two hours ago. Now it exists that's and I, I'm happy about this. I 
get joy out of it whenever he can. It's like I get joy out of that part of it. That's true. That's cool. I usually get joy, but sometimes I look at the code and I'm like, five-year-old Ron, what were you thinking? <laughs> really? That's yeah. funny. Well, sometimes. Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty good solution. I mean, sometimes you're, you're always like learning. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's, it's yeah. funny when you're like, oh, my God, that's so good. That's such a great way of doing that. Of being yeah. like, oh, good job. <laughs> good job past me. I, I took that forward into time with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to wrap it up, let's do final thoughts. Do you anybody have final thoughts as we close? Because I think we've gone over everything as a person getting it. Because I don't, we're not naming specific sources. That stuff changes every day. So, but let's go over. Right. You want to say, Ryan, you want to say what your final thoughts as somebody <sighs> getting into this today? Yeah. I mean, I, we've gone over a lot. And I guess mine is just, you know, keep your momentum going, just keep trying at it. And, you know, again, try not to get intimidated or any sort of imposter syndrome set in because you can do it. It's just going to take a little time. And if you spend that time on it, you know, it'll be rewarding and give back. So, and, you know, don't think there's any one right, white, one right way to do this. Cause I mean, we got three people here. Like what? <laughs> that was an unfortunate. <laughs> one white. <laughs> one right. No, 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 no. It what is this show turned into? Person, <laughs> Can you just take him off the video yeah. thing right now? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Rit, yeah. What happened? There's like a whole conversation that's not there. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you got me flustered. Um, but no, but I, no, but definitely like, yeah, there's no, like we got three people here who've done it, you know, fairly different ways, you know, and we got three different ways of looking at it. And that that's just with us three. And then you go talk to other people, you know, you'll find, you know, they've done it even more different. Like, right. There's just a, a million ways to do it. So I don't think the way you're doing it's wrong. Just, you know, take a step back and evaluate it occasionally. It's like, is this getting me where I want to go? Am I enjoying this? Or, you know, what do I need to be doing now? So taking some self-reflection sometimes is also good. Right. But um, yeah, just keep at it. So I'll tag on to his because that's a perfect thing. I'll listen to the last thing. I'm like, I, yeah, don't, we all have a self-narrative that we always write about ourselves a lot of times and like saying, well, I'm good at this. I do this. I'm you know, I'm can't do that. Right. Uh, it happens to all of us. We all do it. And a lot of times you kind of drag that self-narrative. It can be encouraging. And you get into the point where you're motivated and you feel a sense of self. It's just not, it's not saying it's a bad thing, but we do that. But sometimes that can be really limiting. And I was thinking about you're saying our different backgrounds, especially for me and Obina and Eduardo used to be like this too. We come from backgrounds where games are not our number one thing in our lives all the time. But maybe making them might be the number one thing for our career. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing. You don't have to tell yourself stories because I remember feeling this. I still feel this sometimes, too. I'm like, sometimes, because I, I listen to Giant Bomb, and those guys like, hell of a lot of games. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't like I don't like platformers. Like, this would go, I don't I hate Mario games. I don't like platformers. I come jumpy jump games. I don't like, although I didn't even finish my story before. When I got to be in college, and I finally played Halo, like a first-person shooter. I didn't have PC, but I finally played them. Like, this is the game I was waiting for. I've hit – I finally found a game that I enjoy as much as I've been fascinated with these games. You know, I'm serious. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, crap. We played all night. It's like, the sun came up. I was like, oh, my God, what happened? I finally hit this game. I've always been fascinated with them. So I'm just saying don't let yourself tell, like, talk yourself out of anything just because, like – be the weird eccentric narrative. Be the thing that says, you know what? I'm also into this thing. You know what? I'm the type of person that's into this and that thing. Right. Um, that's a good general life rule too. Like try to be, take the subtle choice and the one that's not expected all the time, especially ones that go toward being kind and being great for everybody. But in this, my my final point related to that is don't sell yourself short on what you want to try. Like again, I wanted to try programming uh, being a graphic designer stuff i just like yeah i could try that let me do that 
get into it. I wanted to try. I learned how to do graphic design because I said, hey, I could try that. I could get a job doing that. I got a job before I know how to be a graphic designer for that. You can do anything. Right. You have a lot of even given pressure and stuff. Don't sell yourself short and just say, I wish I could do that. If you're saying that, that means you can do it. I have a big belief that an interest in something is an inherent aptitude at even just a basic level. Right. And it requires you just to do it. Stop, you know, especially with gaming. There's so many different things you could get into it because you want to do one thing and then you end up being making music for games or something. You know, you never know. People do it with the movie industry too. Like, I went there, but now I'm a casting director. That's how the jobs come out of those things is right. people don't want to be an actor, but they don't really want to be an actor. They love it, but they like their skill set better for this sort of thing, you know. So don't sell yourself short. Try as many things as you can. And then as you get through that, make goals to kind of apply those skills and learn what you need to along the way. That's my final thought. Awesome. That was a good one. I love the the quote. It's like uh, interest in something is an inherent aptitude. Good one. Yeah. Um, cool. So to end with mine, uh, I would say just to be a little different from you all is um, that this, this, <laughs> field, <laughs> this field that we're in is I think it's always regarded and looked at by everyone, including ourselves, as just a technical, you know, you're a techie, you're an engineer, you're a, even if you're not an engineer, but a web developer, you're just a techie. Um, and I think we look at the field as something that's analytical, structured, uh, and you know very precise. <clears throat> and I think a lot of conversations circle around this, but it's a creative field. It's it's something that is not as structured as it may seem on, on the outside. Um, there's a lot of ebbs and flows. There's a lot of successes and failures. But like how you approach this field, you need to do it as if you are a creative, um, like. Uh, like art, like I mentioned, artists and musicians, like how they approach their fields and their craft is they have to grind and hustle. They have to get their name out there. They have to get their product and their music out there. They're on the side of corners, handing out CDs. That's essentially what we have to do as a field, especially in game development, is you have to be on the corner handing out your CD, your, your theoretical, your, what's that? Not theoretical, but your, um, CV, your resume. <laughs> no, 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 like, <laughs> no, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, yeah. but anyway, just like um, you have to be basically figuratively handing out your CD on every corner. You need to be networking and, and putting your name out there, learning information about the field um, constantly, and then putting that information that you learned into your games, into your product, uh, so people can see what you're working on. So I think, although it's like a very technical field, I think it needs to be approached in a very creative, uh, open-ended, uh, flowy kind of way because this it doesn't even if you do build a game release it on iOS and like a hundred people, a thousand people play it, that doesn't guarantee you a next gig or a next job or a hire. Um, so it, it really is about the effort that you put into the craft. And I think the fact that, again, like we said, the fact that you're listening to this podcast shows that you are passionate about the craft. It's really just going and continue that drive and learning more, finding a mentor, uh, continue to, even if I guess, I guess essentially we could be mentors as well. So continue to listen to us, listen to other <laughs> podcasts, like Andrew said. Uh, but yeah, just, just treat this as a grind. I think it's, it's a, a hard field because there's so many things that go into it. Um, um, so yes, keep grinding, keep doing what you're doing, uh, keep the passion alive, et cetera. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, think of it as a like I don't think of it as a game. I like what you said there because it's so funny to me. So many game developers and people are in this. I was like, you already think of these things as a game. Just think of every skill you learn as a level. Of, you know what I mean? Like you're literally gamifying. It's harder for other jobs to do that, but it's like you guys all you do is play games. It's like think of it that way. It's like anything you're doing, it's just gonna have a chance to get you better at stuff. Sam, so, so well said. Okay. Be nice. Cool. 
All righty. I think that's it for today. Our supersized episode. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you didn't tell us to wrap it up once. It's an hour and a half. <laughs> that's Sorry true. This. I was doing some IQs, but I guess it didn't go through. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. So in the meantime, I get, you want to talk about Discord, Abina? You're the one that knows sure, most could. about it. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing about it because none of y'all participate. I think Ryan said something. I said a month ago. Surprise. I said one time I was summoned. I was like, hey, 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 somebody's I'm a I'm a huge lurker. And then I'll like I'll, I'll sometimes like put a little smiley on something. Ryan and I will come in. Bam! <laughs> Teleport in. The great thing about Discord is they don't we don't really need you to. I think the, the community there is already yeah. really engaged. Uh they answer their own questions, uh each other's questions really often. Uh, there, there's like game design talk, there's engineering talk, different channels focused around different uh, fields. So I think it's really good that we have a community that are willing to help each other out. They ask questions, they support each other's games. There's a game that recently came out uh, or they're working on their POC. So check it out. It's in our plug your own game. Plenty of games to, to look at, but you can find that Discord on our website. Just go to the debuglog.com and there's a link to the Discord there. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook. Go to facebook.com, search for the Debug Law Lounge, and request invite, and then join that as well. Oh, you want to talk about the the Unity thing? Oh, yes. That little thing. <laughs> that thing we're so doing. I'll, I'll tee it up, and then you can tell the details. Since we're, okay. um, this is the one episode, This our next will be a smaller episode. If, you, if you're watching this five years from now and it's on this feed, you'll see this episode. But if you're watching this, this week, as of, you know, April 27th, um, coming up on April 29th, we're doing a special episode, a 30, 40 minute episode for a Unity Developer Day event. So we're really excited. Um, I'll be in a set it up, obviously, but we're really excited. This is our first live show ever. So if you want to join in, it's at three o'clock Eastern time, 12 Pacific. Um, and we're going to be on there and talking about building your brand. But um, I think that's all the details, right? I, I, we're really excited. We've never done a live event like this and join in. It's like it's like one of those telethons or something that we've got to pop into. Um, so, kids, yeah. So yeah, it's the, just a little bit more context on the the event. It's it's Unity's Digital Developer Day uh, Indie Edition. So if you're indie, this is really applies to you all. There's going to be a lot of different people and presenters there from VCs and investors to uh, game developers to publishers to of course us. And then afterwards, there's uh, the IGDA is having hosting a kind of picture picture brand and picture game uh, kind of soiree. So our kind of talk leads into that so it's a good opportunity to, to learn about pitching your brand pitching your game if you haven't already checked our episode about uh pitching your game i think it's a good thing to preface with uh, but mm -hmm. we'll go into a lot of that conversation in short format not a, an hour 32 minutes and 20 seconds long conversation about it uh but yeah uh definitely check it out there's a sweepstakes as well to win a alienware laptop there's also you know tickets or uh licenses for unity at stake here and then also tickets to igda as well so definitely definitely check it out on thursday um this week um and yeah i'm excited thursday 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 live 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 live, <laughs> live, the whole live. Seat, you'll just need the edge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's too funny. You know, that's oh our God. explosion. They're all going to be in this fireworks. <laughs> <It's too laughs> uh, it's funny. Ryan's going to be poolside and then tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> I can make that happen. 
<laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Cheers. Cool. So yeah, all right. I guess in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C U R R I E. And I am at uh, Instagram and Twitter at O Beans O with an H Beans with a Z. And I'm on Twitter at R E Kilgore with two L's. <laughs> Like and kill. Yeah. And kill <laughs> angle. <laughs> Violent. <laughs> Bullet blast. Right. Right. Peace. Right. Take it easy. Aww.